You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. And welcome into the latest edition of 5th Avenue Faceoff, presented to you by Armstrong Business Solutions. Go to armstrongonewire.com. Hi, I'm Chris Mack. How are you? If you're watching this, then you're on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page, and we appreciate you watching. If you're listening, we appreciate you doing so inside your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Make sure you tap the little follow button up there in the upper right-hand corner to get notified as soon as new episodes are available or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to follow, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use, be sure to stick it with Fifth Avenue Faceoff, whether it's follow, subscribe, whatever you got to tap to get notified as soon as new episodes are available. And thanks again to Armstrong Business Solutions for jumping on as a sponsor of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. All right, let's dive right in. Last time we talked, things were not in a good place, right? Four-game losing streak, this team looking lost, having gone a month without a power play goal, and here come the young, fresh Arizona Coyotes into PPG Paints Arena. Logan Cooley, the big story, the West Mifflin kid. You definitely saw it if you watched the game. You heard or read about it at some point, whether you got to watch the game or not on Tuesday night. Logan, a West Mifflin kid, who grew up in the Sidney Crosby Learn to Play Hockey program and playing for the Junior Pens before moving on to other places and eventually getting drafted uh, by the Arizona Coyotes a couple years ago. And he is at the core of what they're doing out there in Arizona, plus a couple other familiar faces, right? Jason Zucker, who figured in on one of the goals in Tuesday's game, Nick Bugstad who had left for a while and is now back with the Coyotes. The Coyotes actually a team that, I mean, I would say surprisingly, at least according to expectations, surprisingly good this year, Uh, right there on the edge of the playoff race or in the thick of the playoff race, I guess I should say in the Western Conference, they are the second wild card right on the line there, just a point ahead of Edmonton and St. Louis as this podcast is recorded on Thursday afternoon. Uh, But what you got Tuesday night at home against the Coyotes with Tristan Jari in goal, and what you got Wednesday night up in Montreal. Oh, you like that? Oh, oui, oui. Um, I've never actually heard a French person, by the way, or a French speaker, a Francophone say, oui, oui, like I just did is, 
way, way. Uh, it's much more sophisticated than that. Come on. Um, but whether you, you got it Tuesday night at home against the Coyotes with Jari and net or Wednesday night in Montreal with Alex Nadelkovich in net, you got the Pittsburgh Penguins other than the first period against Montreal playing solid hockey. Now, you can't just remove one-sixth of what we've seen in the last two games. But what you can do is appreciate what's worked well for the other five-sixths of those games. More than that, really, if you include overtime in Montreal and in a very elongated shootout. Thank you, Jansen Harkins, for finally doing something uh, redeemable this year. We won't immediately send you back to Scranton, perhaps. Uh, when the roster is completely healthy. But it was important for the Pens to get off the schneid, in all seriousness, and to possibly start a winning streak of their own here uh, as they now head to Toronto for the rest of the dad's trip, the conclusion of the dad's trip, against uh, a Maple Leafs team that, well, they've been playing fairly well as of late. Just one regulation loss in their last 10 games. Uh, six wins, 15 points. Yeah, they're they're moving along at a pretty good clip. Have climbed into third in the Atlantic Division, uh, just behind Florida, and a good five points, handful of points behind the Boston Bruins. So we'll see how Saturday goes uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we'll see if the Penguins can start to turn this into a bit of a winning streak because then it's the wild and hurricanes at home and a trip to Ottawa before a little Christmas break, a three day Christmas break, Christmas Eve, Christmas and boxing day off for the pens. And then they head out to long Island point is this. If the power play clicks, everything changes. And we saw that in the last two games against Arizona and Montreal. We'll get to Sidney Crosby because I would like to call to order a meeting of the Sidney Crosby Appreciation Society, and we will get to the backup goaltending, which was once again very good, and we will get to what the GM slash team president had to say, president of hockey ops, I guess I should say, when Kyle Dubas spoke to the media earlier this week before these two wins. But let's start with the power play, finally getting off the schneid and Going four for eight in those two wins over the Coyotes and the Canadiens. Two for five against Arizona. Two for three against Montreal. And three of those four goals are going to be key to this power play, continuing to find success going forward. Three, what, three of them were all using a much different tactic than anything we've seen from this struggling power play up until this point this season. And it was a low to high flow on the power play. We're so used to seeing Evgeny Malkin and Eric Carlson out on the perimeter, just playing patty cake with the puck, right? We've called it that a number of times this year, patty cake. And then there's a turnover and then it goes back the other way. And we're playing with the puck way out high in the offensive zone. And then when we take shots, inevitably they get blocked or if they get to the net, they, they don't get there in a way that's productive or the puck just gets passed around the perimeter. Not what we got against Arizona and Montreal. What we got on three of the four power play goals scored in a little bit more than a 24-hour period is the puck moving low to high. And this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we'll start with the Jake Gensel goal that broke the drought on Tuesday against Arizona. Go back and watch that one. What you're going to see is the way this thing should operate, at least the top power play, if not both power play units, the way this thing should operate going forward which is Sidney Crosby down low in his office, as it were. He is down below. the. I don't know if there's a better player in the league right now at playing with the puck down below the offensive goal line than Sidney Crosby. And I don't think there's been a better player since he came into the league at playing with the puck down below the offensive goal line. Really the only player I can think of who's more dangerous or has been more dangerous with the puck behind the net in the history of the league than Sidney Crosby is Wayne Gretzky. And that that's it. That's the list. You want a guy who can make things happen from behind the net. I'm sure there's someone I'm forgetting and I'll get a, a tweet or a, a mention uh, on social media from someone who remembers somebody. And by all means, bring it. Uh, I'm, I'm here for the suggestions because I don't think anybody's better at it than Crosby. So absolutely. We want the power play to start down low with Sid below the goal line. Go back and watch that Jake Gensel goal that broke the power play drought. That's exactly what it is. It's Sid working down low, feeding it out front to Jake Gensel in the low slot. Bang. Goal scored, drought broken, power play looks somewhat fixed. And then it happened again in the third period Tuesday night with the second power play unit. And this is what I liked about it. This is what I like about a guy like Lars Eller uh, ending up on the second power play. What I like about Chris Letang being moved off the first power play and onto the second one. He's found a new focus there. What I like about a guy like Jeff Carter, who at times in the last year and a half, we've scratched our heads and asked, why is this guy still around? But he proves it with a shorty and a power play goal on Tuesday night. The power play goal starts with Lars Eller. Picking up a rebound, a big rebound too. Um, takes the rebound, carries it down into the right wing corner, almost into the trapezoid, and then dishes it out to Riley Smith, who's right on the edge of the right circle, or if you're watching the game on TV, the bottom circle, the near circle. And Smith then quickly moves it to, to Chris Letang out at the point for a shot, Latang takes a big, heavy shot, and what's big Jeff Carter do? He just gets in front and cleans up the mess. Tips the puck in for a deflection and a goal. Two for five on the power play against Arizona Tuesday night, and the puck moving from Eller to Smith to Latang, and then bang for a shot, low to high, and the shot comes. They, this has been the new trend you've seen in power plays and offensive attacks in general over the last three to four years. I don't know why the Penguins are just jumping on board with this now, but rather than side to side, which goalies and defensemen are always very good at tracking. Now, look, you got a two-on-one and the puck going back and forth. It, something like that is hard for a goalie to hang with. But when you've got a consistent half-court attack and a team is set up in the offensive zone, Side to side, to be quite honest, especially on the power play, depending on how the PK is structured, 
can sometimes be easier to defend, many times easier to defend than low to high. And then the shot coming back, it really does work to stretch the PK out, especially if it's a box alignment, the, the wingers get way out on the points and then the puck comes back in on the shot or the defenseman overcommit down below the goal line. And they, what it does is it opens up what's called the house, right? That low slot area, really from the dots down in to the top of the blue paint. And that's what's working for the Penguins power play right now. You saw it in both power play goals on Tuesday night. And then in the Gensel power play goal on Wednesday night as well. Again, it's it's basically working that low to high flow. This time with just two guys. The two best scorers on the team right now, Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby. Sid works it low to Jake Gensel up high, then back down to Sid, and then Sid back to Gensel for the shot and the goal. Just literally a little give and go between the two of them, and it worked perfectly. Now, I will say this. On the final power play goal of these two victories, the one that Crosby scored uh, with a huge blast from uh, up in the zone against Montreal, it started with a little bit of Malkin Carlson patty cake. They were tempted to. Malkin goes to Carlson. Carlson wants to go back to Malkin, but doesn't immediately. Instead, he goes to Sid, and Sid just rips it. Sid says, screw it. We're done playing patty cake here on this power play. We're taking shots. And so rather than sitting there with the prolonged back and forth between Carlson and Malkin out high, what you're seeing is a lot more work with the puck down low between Crosby and Gensel. Makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. We want Carlson and Malkin to be used to carry the puck up the ice and into the zone on the power play. But then at that point, Again, unless Gino has got some wide open backdoor opportunity or has danced somebody on the half wall and is now the man down low below the goal line, there's no reason to have him handling the puck too much or Carlson handling the puck too much other than when it needs to be reset at the top of the zone. Let Crosby and Gensel, Gensel in the slot, Crosby below the goal line, serve as the hub for the power play off of which everything else spokes, right? So I I think the power play looks, I don't want to say it's been fixed, but four for eight in the last two games, two power play goals in each, and Crosby and Gensel driving this thing, more so than Carlson and Malkin, that's a good sign. Love what the power play is showing us and gives me hope that this this can become more than just a two-game winning streak as well.